What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week 16 running back start sits. So going through every single week 16 matchup, talking about every fantasy relevant running back, and then listing them as either a start fringe option or a sit. The starts are going to be your running back ones, your running back twos, the guys you feel confident throwing into your lineup this week, the fringe options, more of your RB threes, your flex options. You may not love them in your lineup, but they could be playable here in week 16. And then the sits obviously going to be players that you would prefer to keep on your bench. If you guys enjoy the video, smash that like button. I'll also have the wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends uh, coming out today also. And let's dive right into the Saints-Rams matchup. Nothing crazy here. We're starting these teams' top running backs. So for the Saints, Alvin Kamara, and then for the Rams, their workhorse, Kyron Williams. Both those guys locked into your lineup every single week. Then we're going to have the Bengals taking on the Steelers in a divisional matchup. For the Bengals here, going to be firing up Joe Mixon. I feel like I talk about this every week, but Jake Browning has really kind of saved Joe Mixon's fantasy value rest of season. His volume is going to be more efficient. He still has some touchdown upside. Um, Chase Brown's working in, but definitely going to be a sit. Not enough usage to be uh, playable. And then for the Steelers here, I mean, this offense is very, very rough. They're now pivoting to Mason Rudolph. Um, I have Jalen Warren as a fringe option. Najee Harris as a sit. The reason why I kind of separated these guys is that Jalen Warren can give you startable production without getting into the end zone. Najee really hasn't been able to do that this season. So banking on Najee to get a touchdown to be like decent for fantasy is really just not a bet I want to make considering the fact that the Steelers offense has been so rough. So I'm sitting Najee, view Jalen Warren as more of like an RB3 fringe option or like flex play. And then looking at the uh, Bills Chargers game here, the Bills just went out, absolutely force-fed James Cook. He had a monster fantasy day, could have pretty much won your week uh, by himself. So you got to go back to the well there, fire up James Cook. Uh, since the switch in OC, he's definitely been featured more heavily, especially as a pass catcher, which is great to see. And then going to be sitting Ty Johnson and Latavius Murray. For the Chargers here, I mean, this is kind of crazy for a guy that was picked as like a top two, top three running back. Austin Eckler is going to be a fringe option for me and not even a fringe option I'm super confident in. Um, it's not looking great moving forward. The usage was just straight up bad for Eckler on Thursday night. He had a 40% snap share, 44% route participation. He had five targets, which was solid, um, but he took five of the 26 running back carries. I do think the fact that the game was a blowout definitely could have been a factor, but it's not like he wasn't going to be split in touches early on. He was in a split with Josh Kelly um, and Isaiah Spiller. So I think at this point, he's definitely not someone who's locked into your lineup. If you have actually made it to the fantasy semifinals with him as like a draft pick, that's pretty impressive. Um, so he, I guess he's playable as like an RB3 flex option, but definitely not super excited about it. And then going to be uh, sitting Isaiah Spiller, who handled the bulk of the carries in week 15. Next is going to be the Colts taking on the Falcons. And the Colts uh, backfield's kind of up in the air at this point. So we had Jonathan Taylor, who has missed three games. Zach Moss left Saturday's game early, did not return. So right now, I'm basically going to be assuming that JT and Moss are unable to play. If we get JT back, we don't really have to worry about anything. You just fire him up as a start, sit everyone else. If Zach Moss is back, we'll kind of just have to gauge the situation because, you know, over the past couple of weeks, he's been the workhorse, but when he went down, Sermon and Goodson actually played pretty well. So I don't know if he's going to step back in. It's like that workhorse role. But if both those guys are out, I have Trey Sermon as a fringe option, and then I'm going to be sitting at Tyler Goodson. Uh, once Moss left, this definitely turned into a pretty solid split. 
Uh, Sermon led in terms of snaps and routes run. Uh, Goodson had two targets compared to zero for Sermon, but Sermon led with uh, 18 carries compared to Goodson's 10. I just think that this is going to be a split between these two backs. I don't think we can be super sure like which guy is the better option. I lean Sermon as you can see here, but it's also a tough matchup here against this uh, Falcons defense. I also like the fact that Sermon took the two goal line snaps, so that's somewhat encouraging. So I do think he's playable if JT and Moss are out, but he's definitely not someone I'm like stoked to like fire up into my lineup. And then for the Falcons here, I mean, this was really brutal out of B. John Robinson here. Um, in some leagues, I believe he actually scored negative points, like I think half point PPR. He might have been in the negatives. I uh, don't even know if he got to a single point in PPR scoring. This was Bijan's lowest snap share of the season, uh, not counting the game where he had like the headache and barely played at all. Um, he was out carried by Tyler Algier 14 to 7. And I think at this point, I guess, you know, a little bright spot here long term is I feel like this has got to be the end of the Arthur Smith experience this season. If you're going to underutilize guys like Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts, you have got to at least be winning those games, right? Even if you're squeaking them out, you're at least getting dubs. You cannot underutilize those guys and then end up losing to the worst team in the NFL. If that happens, something just has to change here. Um, personally, I'm willing to buy back into Bijan for uh, week 16 here. I have him as a start. I have Tyler Algier as a sit. I just think when we look at you know the big picture here, they did not use Bijan in week uh, 15. They only scored seven points. So it's not like the offense played great without him out there. And then it's not like Tyler Algier was crazy impressive in his opportunities. He really was not. Um, both these backs were inefficient, and he didn't really do anything crazy as a pass catcher. When we look at Bijan's usage over the previous four games, he had a really nice workload. I would expect it to bounce back to that. Um, so I'm firing him up again, but obviously not a great look after uh, week 15. Pivoting over to the Packers-Panthers matchup here. For the Packers, I have Aaron Jones as a start. Um, we finally got him back in the lineup. A.J. Dillon missed this game, so we didn't get like a super great, I guess, kind of uh, look at what this backfield will look like when Dillon's healthy, but who knows if he plays this week. Aaron Jones at a 48% snap share, 32% route participation. Neither of those are all that great, but he had a solid workload with 13 carries and four targets. I would expect him to see an increase in usage in week 16. I don't think he's going to be splitting uh, 50-50 with Patrick Taylor in terms of the snaps like we pretty much saw in week 15. I'd expect they're kind of easing him back from his injury, and he should be better moving forward. Also a nice matchup here against the Panthers. And then for the Panthers here, firing up Chuba Hubbard as a start, just continues to have a very, very strong weekly workload. And then sitting Miles Sanders, who is their uh, clear-cut RB2 at this point. Looking at the Browns-Texans matchup, Jerome Ford kind of finally broke that streak of like, that 11, 12, 13, 14 PPR point uh, like stretch there. He had a rough game. I still think he's relevant as like a back end RB2. The split was pretty much the same between him and Kareem Hunt. Not overly scared of this uh, Texans run defense. So I think Ford's a nice back end RB2 sitting Kareem Hunt. And then for the Texans, um, we had that weird kind of brief stretch where Singletary and Damian Pierce were back in a split, at least for one game. That is not the case anymore. Devin Singletary dominated the opportunities in uh, week 15. So I think you fire him up with a lot of confidence, especially if CJ Stroud is back. I think you feel very good about Devin Singletary this week. Then we're going to have a divisional matchup between the Lions and the Vikings. For the Lions, I'm just continuing to fire up both Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Gibbs was the guy with the big game last week, two touchdowns. So love that out of Gibbs. I think David Montgomery is still a very solid option. Then for the Vikings here, this is going to be assuming that Madison does not play this week. Who knows at this point? Um, but with Madison out of the lineup, 
Ty Chandler saw dominant usage, 81% snap share, 44% route participation. He took 23 of the 24 running back carries, saw all four of the running back targets, and he didn't just get those opportunities, he converted with them. He rushed for 132 yards and a touchdown, caught three passes for 25 yards. If Madison is out, I think Ty Chandler is a very confident start. And even if Madison is back, I think you'd have to favor Ty Chandler at this point. I could be wrong, but I don't think throughout the entire season, Madison has had as strong of a game as Ty Chandler had. And it was literally his first opportunity to get like the starter snaps. So I like Ty Chandler. Um, if Madison's back, maybe he gets bumped to like a fringe option because the matchups isn't great. And if he's in a split, it's not ideal. But if Madison's out, I think Ty Chandler is a very confident play. Gonna have a solid workload on the ground and also has that uh, receiving upside. Next is going to be the Commanders taking on the Jets. And for the Commanders here, I have Brian Robinson as a fringe option um, if he's able to play. He missed week 15, and that seemed like it would be a smash spot for Antonio Gibson. Gibson had been the number two. He steps into a large workload. It certainly did not play out that way. Um, Gibson played 29 snaps. We saw Chris Rodriguez play 19. Williams played 13. So we had three running backs involved in this backfield. And Gibson only saw 44% raw participation, which is not great, especially if he's not like dominated the snaps elsewhere. He had four carries, five targets. I think if Brian Robinson misses another week, you just want to fade this uh, running back room here. Can't really trust any of these guys. And then for the Jets, uh, Brees Hall coming off a really, really rough game. Personally, I'm going back to the well on Brees Hall. I understand it was rough. I think you hope that Zach Wilson is back because it seems like without Zach Wilson, this offense is just completely terrible. They're only somewhat terrible when uh, Zach Wilson is in there, but I'm still going back to Brees Hall here. He typically is going to find a way to give you something, whether that's getting into the end zone or just racking up you know, some empty receiving volume. Next up is going to be the Seahawks taking on the Titans. And after week 14, the Seahawks backfield was pretty up in the air. You had Walker and Charbonnet um, kind of healing up from injuries, and they pretty much saw like a very, very even 50-50 split. It wasn't super pretty. Um, I think we got some more clarity in that backfield here in week uh, 15 with uh, Kenneth Walker having a really nice game on Monday night. I think he's definitely the guy you want to be playing at this point, sitting Zach Charbonnet. I mean, Walker putting together a strong game in a really tough matchup against this Eagles defense. I think that's a great sign. So I like Walker as a start. Charbonnet is going to be a sit for me. And then for the Titans here, Derrick Henry coming off a very brutal game. I mean, pretty crazy, terrible efficiency. Um, in week 15, it was not great, but what are you going to do? You got to go back to the well here. At worst, he's going to be a weekly running back too with the workload he's getting. And then uh, sitting Tajay Spears, he had a couple nice games in a row, but just his current role in this Titans backfield is not something that I think is playable uh, week to week, just pretty much no floor there. In the next one, we're going to have the Jaguars taking on the Buccaneers. And I'm just going to be starting both of these teams running back ones. So Travis Etienne, throw him in there. And then Rashad White, who continues to just be dominant. It's tough to view him as anything worse than like a mid-tier RB1 at this point. I think I had him as a high-end RB1 in my rankings last week. You just got to feel good about what Rashad White has done this season and uh, what he can do to close it out over the next two games. Pivoting over to the Cardinals-Bears matchup. For the Cardinals, we saw James Conner have a really solid game in a tough matchup against the 49ers. So I like him as a start here against the Bears. Amari DiMercato, we saw him have a nice breakout touchdown run. The usage wasn't crazy, so he's definitely going to be a sit for me. It was a nice play, but don't think that's something that's going to carry into this Bears game. And then for the Bears, um, two weeks ago, it was Deonta Foreman leading this backfield. This previous week, it was uh, Roshan Johnson. There's not a ton of clarity there. 
I would just be sitting all these guys, Roshan Johnson, Deonta Foreman, and Khalil Herbert. Next up is going to be the Cowboys taking on the Dolphins. Not a great game out of Tony Pollard. I mean, it was just a rough one overall for this uh, Cowboys offense. But going back to the well here on Tony Pollard is probably like a you know fringe RB1 option. So definitely someone I'm starting and then sitting his RB2 Rico Dowdle. Then for the Dolphins here, I have both Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan as starts. Uh, Mostert has back-to-back two touchdown games, so he's getting into the end zone. Seven touchdowns in the last four games, so crazy touchdown production out of Raheem Mostert. And I think what's interesting here is that if you just look at the raw like fantasy point-per-game numbers or just the fantasy points over the last few weeks, you would assume that Raheem Mostert is really like dominating the touches in this backfield. That really hasn't been the case. Um, like the workload between these guys isn't super different from what we saw earlier on in the season when Achan was going crazy. The one massive difference, though, is the goal line work. Uh, prior to Achan going on IR, the goal line snaps were pretty split. Like Achan wasn't dominating them, Mostert wasn't dominating them. It was kind of just both guys were getting opportunities. Over the past two games, Mostert has dominated in the goal line area. So I definitely think that Achan is still playable as like a solid RB2, but with his lack of goal line involvement, I just don't think he has like the same nuclear ceiling that we saw earlier on in the year. But I mean, if he's getting like close to 10 carries, getting three, four, five targets a game, I have confidence that he's going to do something with those touches, whether that's breaking a big run, big reception, somehow finding his way into the end zone. He can still do it. Um, it just, you know, is going to limit his weekly floor and ceiling if he's not getting some of those gimmies near the goal line. So I still like both of those guys, but definitely have to uh, favor Raheem Mostert at this point. Now, looking at the Patriots-Broncos matchup for the Patriots here, this is going to be assuming that uh, Ramondre is not able to go. I think you just fire up Zeke again as a solid RB2. The workload's going to be there. Um, you just kind of hope he gets into the end zone or gets some decent receiving involvement. And then for the Broncos, I kind of went back and forth on Javante Williams. I think fantasy-wise, he's been a little underwhelming over the past few weeks, like five-ish weeks, um, but his opportunities per game have been solid. So even after a rough one in uh, week 15, I still think he's playable as like a back-end RB2 here in week 16. Uh, looking at the Raiders-Chiefs matchup, I have Zamir White as a start. Definitely more of like that back-end RB2 territory, but his usage was really impressive in the Thursday night game, just obviously assuming that Josh Jacobs is not able to go. Uh, Zamir White had a 70% snap share, 57% route participation. He took 17 of the 25 running back carries, and then he saw four targets. He turned that into 69 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, caught three of those targets for uh, 16 yards. That's fine usage to be playable in my opinion, even in a matchup that's not all that great. And then for this uh, Chiefs backfield, we'll see if Pacheco plays. This is going to be assuming that Pacheco doesn't. Obviously, if Jacobs or Pacheco plays, those guys are going to be starts. So kind of uh, getting like the contingency option here. But looking at this Chiefs committee here between CEH and Jarek McKinnon, um, in the previous week, CEH had the better workload, but Jarek McKinnon had the goal line snap, which led to his touchdown. We saw CEH once again control the snaps, 62% snap share. 44% route participation. He took 13 of the 17 running back carries, and then he was targeted four times. This week, he was more involved on the goal line, took two of the three goal line snaps. Uh, McKinnon had four carries, three targets in actually both of the last two games. So week uh, 14 and week 15. Over the last two weeks, he has caught, rushed, and thrown for a touchdown. So he's definitely been involved in, you know, getting into the end zone or getting other guys into the end zone. 
So the production has been fine over the past two weeks, even though his usage hasn't been great. So I think CEH is the more reliable starter just based on his role. But I still think Jarek McKinnon is a fringe play. They're clearly still trying to get him involved. Um, and I definitely think he's playable as like an RB3 option. And then looking at the divisional game between the Giants and the Eagles, for the Giants, Saquon had a couple nice games in a row, um, had some nice touchdown performances. We kind of see what the floor is when this Giants offense just doesn't put anything together. That's what we got um, in week 15. I'm still going back to the well here, even in a matchup that's not that great. Saquon will get a lot of opportunities, and more often than not, I think he's going to give you a nice fantasy day. So Saquon's a start. Then for the Eagles here, I had a tough time figuring out what to do with DeAndre Swift. There's no doubt he has been very, very disappointing over the last like three, four weeks. Had a nice start to the season. Once you're in that starting job, has not been great as of late. I'm still going to list him as a start. It's a plus matchup here. He's definitely going to be more of that like back end RB2 territory. Usage wise, I liked what I saw on a Monday night. The tush push is definitely, you know, a very rough part for DeAndre Swift here because those are touchdowns that would typically be going to the running back. He's not getting those. He's still getting decent work on the ground. This is definitely a step back in competition, you know, going from what the 49ers, I think they the Cowboys, Seahawks, to now getting the Giants. I think this could be a get right game here uh, for DeAndre Swift. And then I believe the final game of the week, the Ravens taking on the 49ers. For the Ravens, now that uh, Keaton Mitchell's out for the season, Gus Edwards has to be a start here, even in a matchup that's not all that great. I think his workload's going to be very strong. I don't know what it is with this uh, Ravens running back room, but it seems like if you play in that backfield, you are going to have some sort of serious injury. Um, you know, we saw J.K. Dobbins in previous years. It's happened a lot. So not great. These running backs keep going down, especially J.K. Dobbins looked amazing in the week one. And then you had Keaton Mitchell starting to kind of break out and now he's done. So we're back to Gus Edwards here as a start. And then for the 49ers, the clearest start of them all, Christian McCaffrey, the clear cut running back one. So that's going to wrap it up for my uh, week 16 running back rankings. Hopefully this helps you uh, set your lineups at the running back position. Any fantasy questions, drop them down below. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.